0: Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek, teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hi, friend. How does this day find you? I hope you're ready for today's episode. And I hope you're ready for a little fire because I'm going to be bringing the heat today because I am lit. And when I say lit, I mean, I got a little fire under me. Today, we're talking about imitation versus the real deal. So this episode was born and birthed because Recently, I found myself in a text conversation with a friend, and we were having a conversation about a topic, and I asked the following question in response to the topic that we were talking about, and the question I asked on text is, why do so many humans, companies, and corporations still, at this point think it's a good idea to eliminate the most natural and essential part of someone or something. And the other question I asked is, why do humans think that when they try to alter nature and natural processes, that there won't be negative repercussions or long-term effects? And to answer my own damn question... The short and I think probably the most uncomplicated answer is that it all comes down to it depends on what lens a person or a company or a corporation is looking through and what they care about or value. It comes down to values. And sadly, many corporations and companies, although not all of them, value the quest for profit and control. And They should want profit. I don't think profit is bad. But when it's to the detriment or exclusion of other values or of everyone and everything else, then we have problems because it's not a broad perspective and it's not inclusive of the highest good for all of the people involved. We're so nearsighted as humans and as as companies and we often don't think about ourselves in terms of being connected to cycles and processes and to each other. So when we make an action or if a company chooses a certain way of being in the world, that has a ripple effect that goes sometimes unseen but is very and other times very tangible. And it's not always good. And when it's to the detriment of our environment or of human and animal rights and needs or of freedom or of health and well-being or of growth or of our imaginations or of our joy, that's when I get heated. And I can bet if you're listening to this that you probably do too. I'm going to give you a couple examples. One example is our food supply in the U.S. It is so full of toxins. It's so infuriating because it's devoid of so many of the nutrients and trace minerals that used to be in our now severely depleted soil in this country. We spray our fields with toxins and chemicals and poisons, and we say we're trying to provide a solution to one problem but that creates so many other problems that negatively affect humans, animals, and the planet. We also genetically alter our food and our human digestive systems and bodies are not equipped for those alterations that nature did not make. And it's in a way that's harmful to our digestion and to our bodies. And then we refine plants and grains So that the core essence and nutrients and the information that the seed translated into that plant is missing. So then by the time we get to it and it gets to our table, whatever little nutrition is even left anyways, because again, we have really nutrient depleted soil and now we've refined something and stripped it away. And now we have this highly processed food that has little to no nutrition. It adds calories, but it's not satiating to us. And corporations are supporting often large farmers who practice mass monoculture for big businesses like soy and wheat and other crops, corn, so that the diversity of our crop rotation is inadequate or missing, which then if you don't rotate the crops that you have in the soil, the soil quality is poor and it's devoid of a lot of essential vitamins and trace minerals that we need as humans to function on a higher level. You know, we're one of the few places in the world that do all of this to ourselves and it's really embarrassing and it's frustrating to know that, for example, in Europe, they don't allow their soil to be treated like that. They don't allow even half of the absurd practices that we practice in this country. Another thing, we spray chemtrails in our air. And if you don't know about chemtrails, definitely look it up but you can see them in the sky. And those chemtrails contain barium, aluminum, and strontium. And I'm not going to go into depth, but aluminum is a known neurotoxin and it contributes to Alzheimer's disease and other neurological disorders. And barium, for example, will deplete our bodies of silica And silica is one of the main elements that we need in our human body to help us absorb water and keep us hydrated. And when we talk about hydration, most people don't know that hydration is not about water, like everyone thinks. It's about mineralization because without the minerals, we can't really absorb the water. That's a whole different topic, but basically these chemtrails that are being sprayed deplete us even further, of the most basic nutrients that we need to function appropriately and for our bodies to be healthy. And another example is that our healthcare system is a disaster. And if anyone is in that system, you know that's true. Or if you've even been a part of this system and have your eyes wide open, you know that that's basically an understatement. And unfortunately, not all, but most of the people in charge are trained to think in specific and unfortunately limited ways about what health is and how we can achieve it. If I break my arm or if I have a gunshot wound, hell yes, I need an emergency room and modern medicine and I'm so grateful for that. And as a nurse myself, I really appreciate nurses and providers, and I appreciate the medical field for what it can provide, specifically even more so in emergency medicine. But most modern chronic diseases are not genetic. They are lifestyle diseases, and it's not always our fault because of the world that we're living in, but we can avoid so many of these diseases through our lifestyle and habit modifications through diet, and certain movement and breath and other practices that will keep us healthier in mind, body, and spirit. And I know that life is really challenging, and it's really challenging that we live in a country. Of, if you're listening and you're in the United States, that you know we have a we have a pretty toxic food supply that's devoid of nutrients. That's really tough. But it's just about doing your best, staying informed and always doing better and doing as good as you can in the moment with what we're given and what's available. You know, most major hospitals in the last few years have just started to quote unquote let essential oil patches into major hospitals, which to me and anyone who knows what an essential oil is, it's a slap in the face to high high-quality essential oils and their natural inherent power that they carry. And instead, they mass-produce this synthetic patch, and then they think it has the same effect as the more potent natural version of the oil that contains more of the original essence of the plant, herb, or flower. And then a lot of hospitals have the audacity to count this patch as their complementary therapy, mainly so that they can appease the JCO Joint Commission, get the stamp of approval, get the funding, and then they can say that they participate in quote-unquote complementary medicine. But all the while, they don't seem to actually support the people or programs or folks by coming up with a budget that could actually help people who are sick. Meanwhile... The mainstream medical system continues to have nurses and other medical providers leaving in droves because of the utter burnout and toxicity of the system. They continue to put Band-Aids over symptoms without even addressing the root cause holistically. And they say they want to find solutions, but they aren't really open to answers that would really help people. And they hand out pills like it's a candy shop, And people are not getting better. They're getting worse. They're getting sick. We perform surgery that, to be honest, is often unnecessary. We prescribe chemotherapy for which there are serious kickbacks and big commissions, while the real answers to our health, our wholeness, and to solving chronic diseases goes unanswered. Yet, they cut severely limit and they barely acknowledge the programs and people that help people holistically and address the whole person. Music therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, acupuncturists, chaplains, healing touch therapists, sound therapy, all of it. These people and these modalities, they provide people with real answers. They provide people with presence and reflection and and on a body level flow of their essential life force. They're providing beauty and music and essential human touch and all of the things that actually help heal the body and speak to the mind and soul and deeply heal us. But we're not doing those things. Instead, we have to seek out quote unquote alternatives and we have to pay out of pocket and many people can't afford that. So it's this weird idea that our health care is more of like a sick care system isn't that weird doesn't that make you mad it makes me mad and that's part of the reason why I became a nurse coach and I'm a coach because I want to tell people about what I've learned and what's worked for me and a lot of other people and what's not working and so all of this is to say it got me thinking about humans And the term that we've all probably heard of and that I've talked about before on this podcast, and it's the term called imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is when you feel like you don't have the right to feel the way you do or that you're not living a life that feels in alignment or authentic to you, or you feel like you're not qualified enough or good enough or whatever the feeling is, you just feel less than or fake or like an imposter. And then it occurred to me that an imposter is someone or something that is really just trying to be like something or be someone else or be like someone else, but an imposter is not the actual thing itself. For example, refined wheat isn't wheat, but it's trying to be. GMO corn is not real corn, but it's trying to be. Offendi knockoff purse is trying to be offendi, but it is not offendi. And I know that the purse is a super surface example, but I think you get my point that if someone is trying to impose themselves as if they're imposing themselves being someone else, they're being an imposter, some other version of the real thing. And so my question for you, as always, I like to ask questions to get us to be curious and contemplate, where in your life are you trying to still be like someone else instead of yourself? If at all, maybe you don't have that but is there somewhere in your life where you're maybe trying to be someone else instead of just owning who you are and being yourself? And are you pretending in any area of your life? Or are you in denial about some part of you that you maybe don't like? Or some part of your life about where you are or who you are now? Is there something that You know, like you put on a certain mask or a certain face to your friends and family, but then you come home and your partner knows a different truth to you or there's things that you don't tell people because you're afraid of being who you are right now for all the good and all the bad and all the in-between. And is there a dream or a goal? And it can be the smallest thing. It can be the biggest thing. Is there something that you want to shoot for or do, but are too afraid to do. Maybe you don't want to put yourself out there, or maybe you have a thousand of excuses as to why you can't or shouldn't or why you won't do it. The weather. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too broke. I'm too depressed. Too nervous. Maybe you have fear of judgment from yourself or others, and you're afraid to be seen. Is there something that you're not doing because you don't want to put yourself out there and you're making excuses about it? Where in your life are you not being authentic and being an imposter to the core, to the essence of who you really are and where you're being called? There is a couple scenarios, I think especially, that I've noticed where we as humans tend to feel like imposters in our own life. I think the number one example is if we are living our lives based on others' expectations of us, if we're living our life to accommodate other people's feelings, if we're living our lives with other people's dreams for us, but they're not our dreams, or if we're accommodating other people's needs only but not our own rather than living life on our own terms and in alignment with our own heart and sourcing our life from our own center of our values and our heart and our dreams and desires. Sometimes it's difficult because we aren't necessarily clear on what we want, but other times there is a knowing, even if it's a small, still voice, but we're just too scared to sometimes go for what we really desire. So when we can source our life from that connection with our higher power, and we can trust our internal compass and believe in ourselves, then the less we need to really rely on other people for our directions. And this is going to make us feel more in alignment with who we are and not living someone else's life. To me, that's what an imposter feels like. And number two, I think when we are putting ourselves out there and we are going for our dreams and we've made a decision to do that, it's often scary because we feel like imposters and we haven't quite landed into this new version of ourselves or the, the new way of being or the dream hasn't manifested yet. And so we think that just because we don't have a lot of external proof in this 3D physical world yet, that somehow we're not enough or that we're wrong or that we're pretending or that we're fake. And maybe a little of that is necessary. And it's even maybe true in the beginning because we are leaving a version of us behind that believed that we couldn't do it. And we're in the process of growing into the new version of us and growing into a new Skin. We're literally like how a snake will shed its skin. We're literally in that process. And so when we're in the process and on our way to becoming whatever new version of ourselves we're becoming, we don't necessarily have a lot of practice doing or being that thing yet. So whether it's the job that's new to us and we don't feel super confident yet we don't have the skill set, we are learning and everything is new and hard, or we don't have the clients yet, but you know, we're a coach and we say we're a coach, but we feel like an imposter because we don't have a practice that looks like XYZ, or it doesn't look like this person's on Instagram, or you don't have the contract yet, or the money hasn't manifested yet. We tend to just feel doubt. And it makes sense that we're not confident yet because confidence comes when we take action even before we feel like it and even before we feel ready. But I think a key thing here, and this is not new, but it really does come down to you. So you need to be the one that you are waiting for. No one is coming to save you. Yes, there's people along the way that can support you and that you can connect with and that can teach you amazing skills, but it's you that has to find the strength, the courage, the inspiration, the determination, and most importantly, the belief. You have to find a belief in you and your dreams and to love the hell out of yourself through that journey because it is hard. And there will be hard times, and you will feel desperate and fe- you will feel like giving up some days. But if you are doing what you're called to do, and you feel like you're in touch with living the life on your terms as best as you can, and if you are believing in yourself and your vision, and you continue to do so despite physical evidence and despite others maybe not always understanding or validating you, or the vision that you have in your heart and mind, despite doubts and setbacks, this to me is the definition of true faith. And in that journey, you would be honoring the most authentic and essential nutrient-dense part of yourself and your soul that is calling you to this person, to this place, to this job, to this thing, to the new version of you. And to me, my friends, that makes you the most real. Because those that aren't following their own knowing and they're just not doing anything about it, but they can feel that they're supposed to do something, they're the imposters. And I hope this isn't you, but if it is you, you can change that, you can make steps You can take steps to do whatever it is that feels like the most authentic, true essence of you. To me, we're only an imposter if in any given moment, we're not living in our authenticity or being honest about who we are, where we are or what we need and where we are going. And so I had just to share with you this slightly new revelation that I had about imposter syndrome and what it means to have an imitation versus the real deal. And I think if you're in touch with your soul, with your core, with the essence of who you are, and you're doing your best to live into that, that's all you need. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program, I'll work with just you one on one and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.revelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.